You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include there was a shooting at a nightclub in Colorado, two bombs exploded at a bus stop in Jerusalem, and Kathy Hochul is signing hate crime legislation in New York. Here's your national news recap for the week of November 20th. Police in Colorado have identified the five people killed at an LGBTQ club late Saturday night. Colorado Springs Police Chief Adrian Vasquez named the deceased at the Colorado Springs Club and identified the shooter as Anderson Lee Aldrich. He also gave thanks to the two people who helped subdue the suspect. One of the men who helped take down the Colorado Springs nightclub shooter is speaking out. Richard Ferrero, a decorated Army veteran, tackled and held down the gunman before he harmed any more people. Another man, identified by Colorado Springs Mayor John Southers as Thomas James, jumped in and helped him. Ferrero says he was at the LGBTQ club Saturday night with his wife, daughter, and his daughter's boyfriend, who was one of the victims. When the shooting started, he wanted to protect everyone there as if they were family. Five people were killed and at least 19 others were hurt in the tragedy, 17 of them with gunshot wounds. An arrest affidavit released Tuesday night indicates the 22-year-old suspect is facing charges that include five counts of first-degree murder and bias-motivated crime and appeared in court Wednesday. Aldrich, who now says they are non-binary and uses they-them pronouns, was in court in a wheelchair for a virtual appearance in El Paso County. The suspect was informed of the charges and is being held on suspicion of murder and bias-motivated crimes in connection to the shooting at the Club Q Gay Nightclub late Saturday night. The suspect's next court appearance is December 6th. Texas Governor Greg Abbott visited the Rio Grande Valley Wednesday to say thank you to the Border Patrol and other Texas law enforcement members who are working along the border. Abbott says even more personnel will be called upon for Operation Lone Star. We're in the middle of an escalation to do even more to secure the border because of the imminent lifting of Title 42. Operation Lone Star is Abbott's signature campaign to curb illegal immigration by combining members of the Texas National Guard and Texas Department of Public Safety in various locations along the border. Abbott helped feed the personnel a special Thanksgiving meal that featured, among other things, tamales from a local restaurant. The Justice Department is reportedly seeking to question former Vice President Mike Pence as part of its criminal investigation into former President Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. The New York Times reports Pence is considering the DOJ's request. Investigators reportedly reached out to Pence's team weeks before the Attorney General Mayor Garland appointed a special counsel to oversee the investigation as Trump makes another run for the White House. Pence hasn't been subpoenaed and discussions are said to be in their early stages. It's possible Trump could block Pence's testimony by invoking executive privilege. President Biden is speaking with Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin after Tuesday night's mass shooting in Chesapeake. A White House statement says Biden offered his support and federal assistance if needed. 
Six people were killed Tuesday night at a Walmart in the southern Virginia town. Police confirm the gunman is among the dead. Walmart's Twitter account says the retail giant is shocked and praying for those impacted. Former President Trump's tax returns will soon likely be in the hands of a House committee. The Supreme Court has refused to block those records from being released to the Democrat-led panel. The court's refusal to intervene came after Chief Justice John Roberts stopped the process earlier this month. Police are still searching for the killer or killers responsible for the gruesome death of four University of Idaho students. We continue moving forward to understand why this occurred in our community and seek answers to bring justice for the victims and their loved ones because they deserve it. They were all found murdered on November 13th in a house near campus. Autopsies reveal they were slaughtered by someone with a large knife. Wednesday, Moscow, Idaho Police Chief James Fry said his officers are hunting down every lead. Police add the victims were probably attacked in their sleep and there is some evidence of defensive wounds. Police say two people who were in the home at the time of the murder are not suspects. Idaho State Police say they collected 103 pieces of evidence from the scene, took 4,000 photographs, multiple 3D scans of the crime scenes, processed over 1,000 tips, and conducted 150 interviews. Idaho Governor Brad Little has made up to $1 million available for this investigation. Two people are dead in a television news helicopter crash along an interstate in North Carolina Tuesday. The crash happened along Interstate 77 in South Charlotte. The chopper belonged to a television station, WBTV. That station's meteorologist Jason Myers and pilot Chip Tayag were killed. Myers previously covered the weather in Lexington, Kentucky. A Cedar Rapids man is pleading guilty after he was found with more than $123,000 and drugs. 37-year-old Joshua Gorel reported a drug overdose in his home in July. Police found a person dead, as well as cash, meth, fentanyl, heroin, marijuana, and THC wax at the home. Some of it stuffed in ductwork. Sentencing is pending. Ranked choice voting in Alaska has named incumbents Lisa Murkowski and Mary Peltola the winners of the Senate and House seats. Both candidates won in the second round of ranked choice voting, with Murkowski winning re-election for her Senate seat 54 to 46 percent. The director of elections in Alaska on the state's official broadcast in Juneau is also announcing Peltola as the winner, 55 to 45 percent. Peltola will now serve a two-year term in Congress after winning the special election this summer to replace the late Don Young. Arizona's Republican Governor Doug Ducey is congratulating Democrat Katie Hobbs on her victory to succeed him. On Wednesday, Ducey said he offers his congratulations and full cooperation as Dobbs prepares to take over as governor. Ducey also said he hopes to make the transition as smooth and seamless as possible. His announcement comes amid GOP allegations of voter fraud along with Republican candidate Carrie Lake refusing to concede the race. Ducey said now that all the ballots have been counted, voters must respect the democratic process. I'm Allie Bruce and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. All sources from Reuters. Two bombs exploded at bus stops on Jerusalem's outskirts on Wednesday, killing a 16-year-old boy and wounding at least 14 other people in what appeared to be an attack by Palestinian militants. Israeli authorities said police blamed the initial blast during morning rush hour on an improvised bomb at a bus station near the city exit. The second about 30 minutes later, 
hit a bus stop near a settlement east of the city. There has not been such a coordinated attack in Jerusalem for many years, police spokesman Eli Levi told Israeli Army Radio. The devices were hidden in bags, packed with nails and appeared to have been detonated remotely by mobile phone. Israeli public broadcaster Can Radio said security camera footage showed the moment of the first explosion with a sudden cloud of smoke billowing from the bus stop. Television showed debris strewn around the site, cordoned off by emergency services. Ambulance services said 12 people were taken to the hospital from the first blast and three were wounded in the second. A 16-year-old Canadian-Israeli national died in the hospital. The United Nations, the European Union, and the United States condemned the attacks. Terrorism is a dead end that accomplishes absolutely nothing, U.S. Embassy as he said on Twitter. Canada's ambassador confirmed the teen killed was a Canadian citizen and called the bombing a reprehensible terror attack. And for the second story of the day, Chinese cities imposed more curbs on Wednesday to rein in rising coronavirus cases, adding to investor worries about the economy as fresh unrest at the world's largest iPhone plant highlighted the social and industrial toll of China's strict COVID-19 measures. In Beijing, malls and parks were shut, and once bustling areas of the capital resembled ghost towns as authorities urged people to stay home. The Hainan Island resort city of Sanya barred people from going to restaurants and malls within three days of arrival. In numerous cities across China, have imposed localized lockdowns as infections neared highs seen in April. The measures are darkening the outlook for the world's second largest economy and dampening hopes that China would significantly ease its outlier COVID stance anytime soon, as China faces its first winter battling the highly contagious Omicron variant. While there is little prospect of the authorities opting to step back from the zero COVID policy during the winter, there is a significant risk that containment efforts fail. Analysts at Capital Economics wrote, such a failure would result in more lockdowns, which would cause unprecedented damage to the economy, they said. China's COVID curbs, the tightest in the world, have fueled widespread discontent and disrupted production at manufacturers, including Taiwan's Foxconn, Apple's biggest iPhone supplier. On Wednesday, footage uploaded on social media showed Foxconn workers pulling down barriers and fighting with authorities in hazmat suits, chanting, give us our pay. The unrest follows weeks of turmoil, which has seen scores of employees leave the factory over covert controls. The videos could not be immediately verified by Reuters. Even though infection numbers are low by global standards, China is stuck with its zero-COVID approach, a signature policy of President Xi Jinping that officials argue saves lives and prevents the medical system from being overwhelmed. China reported 28,883 new domestically transmitted cases for Tuesday. A sharper-than-expected slowdown in China, which is hurting domestic demand in particular, would reverberate across countries including Japan, South Korea, and Australia, which export hundreds of billions of dollars worth of products and commodity to the world's second largest economy. Analysts are also cutting forecasts for oil demand from the world's top crude importer, with recent COVID curbs already driving global oil futures lower. The next few weeks could be the worst in China since the early weeks of the pandemic, both for the economy and the healthcare system, said analysts at Capital Economics. And for the third and final story of today, Russia rained down missiles across Ukraine on Wednesday, forcing shutdowns of nuclear power plants and killing civilians in Kyiv as Moscow pursued a campaign to plunge Ukrainian cities into darkness and cold with winter settling in. All of the capital region was without power, Kiev's governor said. Officials across the border in Moldova said electricity was also lost to more than half of their country, the first time a neighboring state has reported such an extensive damage from the war in Ukraine triggered by Russia's invasion nine months ago.
Earlier, Russian missiles hit a maternity hospital in the Zaporizhia region overnight, killing a baby, the regional governor said on the Telegram messaging service. Blasts were also reported in other cities, where further information about casualties was not immediately available. Since October, Russia has openly acknowledged targeting Ukraine's civil power and heating systems with long-range missiles and drones. Moscow says the aim is to weaken Kyiv's ability to fight and push to negotiate. Ukraine says the strikes on infrastructure are a war crime, deliberately intended to harm civilians to break the national will. That will not happen, President Volodymyr Zelensky vowed in a brief video address on the Telegram messaging app. We'll renew everything and get through all this because we are an unbreakable people, he said. And this was Connor Brown with this week's edition of the International News Report. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray. Governor Hochul is signing legislation to tackle hate crimes and to promote diversity. This comes just days after two men were arrested for making threats against New York's Jewish community and a deadly mass shooting at a nightclub in Colorado. One of the measures requires people convicted of hate crimes to undergo mandatory training in hate crime prevention. The second measure establishes a statewide campaign to promote inclusion, tolerance, understanding, and diversity. Hochul says New York's diversity is uniquely special and must be protected. There are also new laws in New York City aimed at helping domestic violence victims. Mayor Eric Adams signed a bill this week that establishes a housing stability program for survivors of domestic and gender-based violence. He signed another bill that requires the mayor's office to end domestic and gender-based violence to create an online services portal for victims. Last year, there were 260,000 domestic violence reports issued by the NYPD. A person of interest who allegedly attacked a gay bar in Hell's Kitchen is in custody. Police say the man was taken into custody Tuesday morning after cops spent hours inside an apartment in Hell's Kitchen where they believe he lives. This came after the NYPD released a clearer surveillance video of the suspect in a bodega Monday night. An earlier video showed the man throwing a rock at a window at the Verse on 9th Avenue bar on Saturday night. A New Jersey resident was killed in a Massachusetts Apple store when a driver allegedly crashed an SUV through the front window. 65-year-old Kevin Bradley was the only fatality, but at least 20 others were injured after they were pinned up against the wall by the vehicle. Another armed robbery occurred at a Temple University off-campus residence on Monday. According to police, two men stole a 2022 black Mitsubishi Cross, a Glock 19 handgun, several iPhones, an iPad, Apple Watches, and a MacBook. Police are charging a suspect in Philadelphia with several charges, including third-degree murder. The 22-year-old suspect allegedly hit a 24-year-old victim with his car after a fight at Union Tap Bar, according to authorities. A bus passenger was hit by a stray bullet in northeast Philadelphia on Tuesday. He claimed that the bullet hit his inhaler, which was in his pocket, saving his life. The FBI has arrested and charged over two dozen suspects from New Jersey connected to the events at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Three more New Jersey residents were arrested last Saturday. A woman in Pennsylvania was found guilty on six federal counts, including entering Nancy Pelosi's office and, quote, aiding and abetting the theft of a laptop, according to 6ABC. Airports across the tri-state area were jammed before Thanksgiving. Officials claimed this year's Thanksgiving travel season was the third largest for travel in the last 20 years, now that most restrictions of the pandemic have been lifted. 
Elton John helped Saks Fifth Avenue unveil its holiday windows Tuesday night. Saks is donating $1 million to the Elton John's AIDS Foundation and the Foundation's Rocket Fund. The Broadway cast of Funny Girl, starring Leah Michelle, kicked off the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with other Broadway performances from Some Like It Hot, A Beautiful Noise, and Lion King, which just celebrated its 25th anniversary last week. The value of cryptocurrency is way down in recent months, but New York City Mayor Eric Adams still backs it. Adams took his first few paychecks in crypto and previously said that he wants to make New York the center of cryptocurrency. The mayor says he believes in cryptocurrencies and thinks the industry should be embraced. Adams pointed to the stock market and bonds, saying that all the industries have had their ups and downs. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. Four civic leaders will be honored as the Rowan Institute for Public Safety and Citizenship hosts its first RIPAC Gala in the spring. The gala, which will be held in the Weston Hotel in Mount Laurel, will raise funds for RIPAC's successful internship scholarship programs and civic programming. Ben Dworkin, founding director of RIPAC, founded five years ago at Rowan University, says it's a great honor to feat these four outstanding individuals at our integral RIPAC gala. RIPAC is dedicated to informing, engaging, and training Rowan students, faculty, and the public in politics, policy, and citizen engagement. The Institute hosts programs and guest speakers, supports students through academic and career development, internships, and scholarships, and connects faculty and students from across the university with public entities to facilitate public policy research and discussion. Ticket and sponsorship information for the RIPAC Gala will be available soon. Like many great business ideas, this one started with a simple premise. Kids love stickers. Building on that premise, two students at the Rohr College of Business and Henry M. Rowan College of Engineering launched a company to provide sterile medical grade stickers in a rainbow of colors and styles to dress up syringe barrels, IV bags, and other medical devices for children. Seniors Nicholas Nastassi, a business management major with an entrepreneurship minor, and biomedical engineering major Joshua Perry founded 4U Medical Designs after beginning studies at Rhone University, and it's already generating a respectable revenue stream. Moreover, the company is projected to generate $95,000 in sales by next August. The stickers, all original artwork that is sealed up to keep them sterile before placement on medical devices, are designed to ease young patients' anxiety in hospitals and doctor's offices. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting with the NFL, let's take a look at the slate of Thanksgiving games set for Thursday, November 24th. To start off the three-game slate, the 7-3 Bills will stay in Detroit after last week's win, set to face off against the 4-6 Detroit Lions at home on Ford Field. Following Bills at Lions, the quote-unquote Beckham Bowl will take place in Dallas, Texas, as the New York Giants and Dallas Cowboys face off in a key NFC East divisional matchup. With free agent wide receiver O. 
Odell Beckham Jr. set to meet with at least the Cowboys and Giants following their Thanksgiving game. Many fans and media members have gifted the title Beckham Bowl to this NFC East battle. With both the Cowboys and Giants sitting at 7-3 and on the season, it's not crazy to assume that whoever wins this game will have a better chance at signing OBJ should he be down to just the Giants and Cowboys. And for the final Turkey Day game of Thanksgiving, the 8-2 Vikings will travel to Foxborough for a matchup with the 6-4 New England Patriots of the AFC East. That game is set to kick off at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sticking with the NFL and the AFC East, the New York Jets have officially benched former number 2 overall pick and franchise quarterback hopeful Zach Wilson. In seven games this season, Wilson has been brutal, completing 55.6% of his passes for 1,279 yards through the air, along with four touchdowns and five interceptions. The Jets will call upon backup quarterback Mike White to man the offense, with veteran Joe Flacco set to back things up should White struggle or go down with an injury. Speaking of roster moves in the NFL, the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams have waived starting running back Daryl Henderson Jr. Henderson's services are highly sought after as one of the better power running backs in the NFL and will surely find a home within the next two weeks, if not much sooner. Switching to the NBA, specifically the Brooklyn Nets. Nets all-star point guard Kyrie Irving returned to play Sunday against the Memphis Grizzlies for the first time since his suspension on November 4th following an anti-Semitic post on social media. Ahead of a highly anticipated return for Ben Simmons to Philadelphia on Tuesday and due to the Nets' slow start to the season, Irving's services arrive at the perfect time as Brooklyn looks to turn their season around for good. As for Ben Simmons, his return to Philadelphia on Tuesday didn't go as he or anyone else expected. The 76ers were without James Harden, Joel Embiid, and Tyrese Maxey for the game against the Nets, setting the table for a blowout by a fully healthy Brooklyn team. However, that did not happen. Despite being without their three best players, Philadelphia took care of business, winning by a final score of 115-106 to behind nice performances from Tobias Harris, Paul Reed, and DeAnthony Melton. Simmons, however, finished with 11 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists in his return to Philadelphia, tallying 0 stats in the fourth quarter. Yikes. And last but not least, let's check in on the MLB offseason. This past week, the NL champion Philadelphia Phillies extended the contract of their president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski. Dombrowski's contract was extended until the 2027 season, largely due in part to the effort that helped them reach the World Series this year as he looks to repeat that effort consistently in the next five years. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your professional sports news saying, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Wall Street is closing higher on strong earnings reports. Best Buy, Abercrombie & Fitch, and American Eagle shares all rose sharply on better-than-expected results. Comments by Federal Reserve leaders that recent inflation data looks promising also helped boost markets ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 398 points to 34 to 98. The S&P 500 added 53 points to 40 to 03. And the Nasdaq rose 150 points to 11 to 174. The White House is extending the student loan repayment pause. Mark Mayfield explains. President Biden said in a video posted on Twitter that he's confident in his student debt relief plan, despite Republican officials trying to block it. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona is pushing the pause to June the 30th instead of the start of the new year. I'm Mark Mayfield. Thanks to inflation, the average Thanksgiving meal is a lot more expensive this year. Scott Pringle reports. 
A U.S. Farm Bureau survey shows the average Thanksgiving meal is up 14 percent this year across America, a little over $53 for 10 people. These folks are making some adjustments. We're just not buying as much to have as many leftovers, so we're not going to have as much on the table. Kids are kicking in this year. Usually they make mama do it. It's going to cut back in certain areas and just stick to the meal and keep it simplicity. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York. Substantial assets are missing from a cryptocurrency company that went belly up. That's according to a lawyer for FTX who spoke during a bankruptcy hearing. They added that cyber attacks are happening as bankruptcy proceedings get underway. FTX has said it has about $1.24 billion as of this past Sunday. However, a previous filing revealed creditors were owed just over $3 billion. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Ticketmaster is apologizing to Taylor Swift and her fans following a ticket debacle that left many empty-handed. The ticket-selling platform tweeted out the apology following the cancellation of a public on-sale scheduled for Friday. Ticketmaster also released a report detailing what led to some parts of their website failing as an unprecedented amount of traffic flooded the website. This led to longer wait times as well as some fans losing tickets they selected due to passcode validation errors. Ticketmaster went on to say that in order to meet the demand seen on their website, Swift would have to put on 900 shows for the next two and a half years. The Department of Justice announced it was opening an antitrust investigation into Ticketmaster's owner, Live Nation. Reality stars Todd and Julie Chrisley are being sentenced to federal prison after they were found guilty in a tax evasion case. Prosecutors said the Chrisleys took out $30 million in fraudulent bank loans to fund their lavish lifestyle before becoming reality TV stars on USA Network's Chrisley Knows Best. They used a film production company to hide the income to keep the IRS from collecting unpaid taxes. A federal judge sentenced Todd to 12 years in prison along with six months probation. Julie was sentenced to seven years in prison plus 16 months probation. Paramore is releasing a statement following Saturday's deadly nightclub shooting in Colorado. Using social media, the band wrote that hatred and all the prejudice against any marginalized group is always political and people need to be held accountable for using hatred to cause division. Paramore said everyone has the ability to choose between love and hatred and called on people to spread more positivity in their lives. New details are emerging about Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde's split. People reports that their break was due to Styles' extensive touring and Wilde's intention to focus on her work and children. It's not clear if the break is permanent or if the two will resume their nearly two-year-long relationship at some point in the future. Iggy Azalea is selling her master recording and publishing catalog. Billboard reports the deal with Domain Capital is in the eight-figure range. It also includes Azalea's biggest hits like Fancy, Problem, and Black Widow. Director James Cameron says Avatar The Way of Water must be the third or fourth highest grossing film in history to break even. Speaking to GQ magazine, Cameron said the budget was so massive he told Disney and 20th Century Studios it may be the worst business case in movie history. The original Avatar ranks as the highest grossing film ever at $2.9 billion. This means the Avatar sequel will need to overtake Star Wars The Force Awakens and Avengers Infinity War to break even. Avatar The Way of Water hits theaters on December 16th. Chris Hemsworth is taking a break from acting after finishing the press tour for his new Disney Plus doc series, Limitless. He's decided he wants to spend more time with his family while his children are still growing up. Hemsworth and his wife have a 10-year-old daughter and 8-year-old twin sons. 
I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.